right. Well, we're going to be uh, diving into our next one another uh, this evening. Uh, you'll know perhaps that we've been on a bit of a journey where we blocked out a, a series trying to pull out from the New Testament some of the one another's. And really, it's this idea that the Bible is instructive uh, around our discipleship journey, uh, not just about how I live my life in isolation, just me and Jesus, but ultimately how that life is reflected in and around people, community, one another. And so uh, we've been pulling out these one another's. Um, and you might think, well, the irony of, of looking at the way in which my life interacts with other people's lives in a time and a season when actually that has been arrested and challenged and constrained by the season we're in. But we really felt like actually what better time to reflect and cultivate in ourselves this sense of of uh, in our discipleship journey, how our lives are connected in health to one another. And, uh, and, and ultimately, we, we started this whole series off really establishing the fact that these one another's are birthed in the fact that we are called to love one another. And that sense of love one another takes so many various different forms and, and, and various different facets. And, and so for us to learn and understand and acknowledge and then begin to outwork uh, that concept of how we love one another it is critical to how we build not just healthy community, but really how we show up in the world in general. It really is part of our discipleship journey. And so uh, this is exactly where we find ourselves the, the, tonight. We're going to be in First Peter 4 uh verse 9, uh, but I actually want to set this one another in, in, a, in a bit of a broader concept by reading um, from Matthew 25, and, I, uh, and you'll understand why in just a minute, but let me read from Matthew 25, verses 34 to, to 40. This is uh, where Jesus has gathered his disciples together, and he's instructing them, and he's teaching them. He's told them some stories and created the concept uh, of, of ultimately where he is going to be speaking to them on Judgment Day, that sense of actually when we stand before him, uh, what is it that Jesus is going to ask us and what is it he, that he's going to be looking for uh, as we reflect uh, on, our, on our own lives? And this is where we find ourselves. He says, he says this, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. And here, this is what Jesus goes on to say that he will ask of us when we stand before him and give an account for our lives. Verse 13. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or in a prison and go and visit you? The king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. You did for me. Here's the key discovery in these verses and what I want us to hold in front of us as we allow the concept of the one another we're going to look at to sit right in the very middle of this passage of scripture. Here's the key that I want us to hold on to. In loving strangers... We are loving him. We are loving Jesus. You know, the one another that we're going to look at sits right in the very middle, right in the concept of this key kingdom principle. And it's connected to how, how our, uh, the posture of our hearts, it's connected to the position of our lives, and it's connected to how we develop the practice of serving and loving one another. 
And it's important to understand that in that concept of how we are serving and loving one another, that actually we understand that we are serving and loving Jesus himself. Those two concepts cannot be separate. And so I wanted to hold them together as we look at this verse in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9. And it says this, and our one another tonight, it's very succinct, it's very sharp in its focus, but let's unpack it together this evening. It says this, verse 9, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. There it is, plain and simple. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. So this is what we're going to dive into. This is what we're going to ring out this evening and try and uh, pull the learning into our lives so that we can reflect this invitation and this instruction back into how we live life in the concept of other and in the context, sorry, of one another. And it's this idea of hospitality. Now, maybe when you hear this word hospitality, you're maybe thinking of uh, it in your own experience. And maybe maybe what jumps to your mind is, well, hospitality, isn't that like an industry? Isn't that that's hotels? It's bars, it's restaurants. Maybe it's the, the concept of, of any time uh, a service provider provides some element of entertainment or food or drink. Listen, that's not the biblical concept that we are wrestling with. That's not the biblical framework of hospitality. It's not what we're talking about this evening. Biblical hospitality actually isn't really about, um, about looking after people like you. It's, it's not about throwing parties. It's not about entertaining your friends. That's not what hospitality is. If you're, if you're looking for a model of hospitality, we're not looking for people around us who can throw a good house party or can put on a good buffet. When we're looking for a model of hospitality, it's connected to the stranger. We're not looking around going, who in community is really good at hospitality? Well, Jean, she's really good at hospitality because she bakes really good cookies. Listen, I think we get, we get a slightly misplaced understanding of hospitality sometimes because we, we often think, well, it, it, it's about people that can just, just are really good at taking care of people, are really good at baking. Listen, that's not, not what hospitality is about. It might involve baking, and if at some level somebody out there wants to bake me some cookies, they would be greatly received, but it's not hospitality. Here's the thing. It's all about, hospitality is all about our posture, our position, and our practice. And it's where our posture of our hearts, the position of our lives and the, and, and the development of our practice specifically towards strangers. The one who doesn't look like you, the one who is outside, the one who is different, the one who perhaps is lost or lonely or vulnerable, the stranger. So actually, if we are going to understand anything about biblical hospitality, we actually first have to understand what is the concept, what is the nature of the stranger? How do we own that as a concept that is all around us that we've got to pay attention to if we're going to understand what true biblical hospitality is? The the, uh, biblical idea of hospitality is connected to the the dictionary definition of, of, of what the stranger is. And the dictionary defines the stranger as a person you do not know. First and foremost, it is a person you do not know. And secondly, dictionary defines the stranger as a person who is in a place that they may not have been before. So it's a person you do not know, or it's a person that Uh, who is in a place where they may not have been before. So as we're diving into this particular verse and we're owning this, this invitation and instruction 
from God's word for us to display and develop this practice, practice of hospitality, then we have to understand what it is the Bible is really going after. And it's first and foremost is going after that this is all about the stranger. The Greek word that's used um, here in this verse to, to describe biblical hospitality uh, is the word philozenia. Philozenia. And philo meaning love, and xenia meaning stranger. Philozenia, the love of the stranger. Now, you may be familiar with that, that Greek word xeno or xenos because it comes into a, a particular word that you may be familiar with, and that is the word xenophobia, which is actually the fear or the loathing of a stranger. And, and it obviously has hugely negative connotations in our, in our culture, and in particular, in, in these current times, xenophobia is something that is being outed and being challenged, rightly so, because actually the, the, the normal course of, of culture and society can't be built around the fear and loathing of strangers. And in fact, the biblical uh, understanding of hospitality, the love of strangers, is the antithesis of xenophobia. So what we're owning is philozenia, the love of the stranger. And so let's be absolutely clear that our, that our motivation of our posture, the position and practice of our lives and our hearts towards uh, the stranger, the person we absolutely do not know or the person that we find or discover that has not been in the place where we are at, is that, we, that the fuel and motivation is love. That we're to love the stranger. We are to love and serve those people that we do not know. And I think it's really, it's really valuable to own right at the very start of this journey of figuring out what hospitality looked like. Is that actually, more often than not, when we look at our lives and where we are expending love and the people that we are serving, more often than not, those people are people that we absolutely do know. People that are, are familiar to us. And so the challenge for us in embracing the invitation and instruction to walk in hospitality is to recognize I've got to at some level reorientate. I've some, at some level got to move from where I more naturally and normally expend love and serving of people who I know and are familiar to me. And I have to reorientate, refix my eyes and focus on a very different group of people. And those people are people that are not known to me. And so in embracing true hospitality, I want to tell you that we're going to have to move. We're going to have to move in heart. We're going to have to move in purpose. And we're going to have to move in intentionality. And so I want to, uh, to, want to acknowledge that in this, in this moving, that there is a moving in our mind, first and foremost, and then the behaviors that would follow. That actually we have to reorientate away from the normal, natural places where we expend love and care and attention and service, which is normally to those people that we know and are familiar to us. And we need to repurpose that and fix that and point that at ones we don't know. So there is a movement that one needs to take place. And I feel like I want to highlight three key areas that I feel like as a community, as individuals and as a community, that we have to own in, in places where we might need to move. Three key things where we might need to move. And the first thing is this. I believe that we have to, if we're going to own this uh, concept and this invitation and instruction to live and work out hospitality, if we're going to do that fully, then we have to move beyond ourselves. You know, this is where we have to be honest with ourselves. I think much of the normal Christian life and this, this journey of discipleship is being honest with ourselves. I am here 
And I know God is calling me beyond where I am into a new space, a new way of thinking, a new way of behaving. And part of the discipleship journey is recognizing I'm here right now, but there's somewhere different for me to occupy. And this this honestly is about uh, moving beyond ourselves in this whole journey of hospitality. It's honestly about saying, Actually, I realize or I'm prepared to acknowledge I have some internal assumptions. I have some internal perceptions. I have some internal judgments. I have some internal insecurities, some misconceptions, some apprehensions, some prejudices even that are contributing to and adding to this lens by which I see people who I do not know. That's the place we've got to start acknowledging. There are some internal things that are at play. Now, listen, some of those things are formed because of our past experience. Maybe there is, you have uh, numerous occasions where, where you have had an encounter with somebody that you do not know, and that's gone badly or painfully, or, or you've been rejected, or there's been a sense of, it, it's, it's been a painful experience. And so at some level, you've stepped back from, or you formed a judgment or a fear or an anxiety around what it would be to actually engage or love or serve somebody you don't know. But maybe those Maybe those judgments or internal assumptions or perceptions, maybe those are formed through culture, maybe even informed by people of influence in our lives. Either which way, we have to acknowledge that sometimes we have this internal narrative which holds us back and holds us away by way of protecting ourselves from people we don't know. And so we have to own those things and we have to realize that the journey of hospitality is a journey of risk. It's moving beyond myself, my comfort zone, and moving past some of those things that might hold me back from practicing hospitality, practicing loving those who I do not know. And so this is a great opportunity to take stock. If we want to own hospitality, let's take stock. Is there anything in the way that I think would would stop me from moving towards somebody I don't know, somebody who is different to me, not like me? What are those things? How do I need to acknowledge them? How do I need to deal with them? Not, I think about it like this. I, I, I remember growing up in an Anglican church. I remember the, those moments um, when it was coming up to the peace, that moment when I knew I was going to get a sloppy wet kiss from an old lady that I did not know because it's this moment where everyone moves around the church and they just hug each other and share the peace. It was, wasn't share. There was no peace in my heart at this moment. It's terrifying, terrifying. But gosh, I realize we do the same thing in our own community. Just before we start worship, we create a space to acknowledge that there are people that we may not know, that are not known to us. And so I know that maybe for some of you, before we start worship at Vine Life, you remember back in those days, a million years ago, when we could be in the same room together, and we would be about to start worship, and somebody from the front would say, hey, let's take a moment, just turn to the person next to you. I know some of you, there'll be the sweaty palms, the racing hands, you're like, gosh, I must remember not to come to church on time. Let me arrive at church when that things happened. Listen, we have to acknowledge and realize there are things internally within us which actually will keep us at arm's length from people. And if we're going to own uh, and we're going to embrace this biblical invitation and instruction to hospitality, we've got to deal with some of those things inside of us. The second thing that we have to move on is I believe that we have to address and move beyond our bubble. What do I mean by this? This is where we take an honest uh, look at ourselves and acknowledge that actually it's much easier 
to, uh, to offer love and service to people that look like us, that we are familiar with. Uh, and maybe we think that a lifestyle of hospitality is actually me just opening up my life and my home to my friends. Listen, that has very little cost. There's very little risk. And the danger is, is that we occupy the space of, of simply just wrapping our lives around our own constructions, the constructs of our own making. We never expand ourselves beyond that safety zone into that place of real need, into that invitation and instruction into hospitality, whereby we find and discover people we don't know and we befriend them and we love them and we and we take the time to actually create the space in our life for people that we don't yet know listen I know that so many of you you've got busy social uh, diaries and actually you you've got plenty of time given over to people that you know friends that you love and people that you want to invest time in listen I, I get all that but the challenge here is actually how are we carving out space? How are we moving beyond our bubble to embrace with intentionality what it is to love a stranger? Listen, to, it, to genuinely love the stranger, we've got to create room in our lives. It's simply filling every moment with people that we already know doesn't uh, acknowledge that, that God, his value system is for people who lie beyond our bubble, lie beyond our friendship groups people that we don't yet know. And so it takes a level of space and intentionality to move into hospitality. See, being a stranger literally means you are outside the group, the people on the fringe, the people on the edge, the people who are lonely, who are lost, who are vulnerable, and potentially even the outcast. Those people that we have to create space and time and a level of intentionality to go seek out to befriend them, to break into their story and bring them into a relationship where they can experience what it is to be loved and to be served. And this is why we have to work out uh, the final bit, the, the final area where we have to move. Yes, we have to move beyond ourselves, figure out what are the internal things that are holding me at arm's length from people? What are the things where I've constructed a very safe bubble? Where do I need to move beyond my bubble? And finally, I believe that we have to move towards the stranger. Again, this is a place of acknowledging. There is a place where we have to acknowledge that it, to embrace the invitation and instruction uh, for hospitality is we have to acknowledge that we carry the responsibility. We carry the responsibility. It's on us to build the bridge. It's on us to move towards people who don't look like us, don't sound like us, it's on us. And in fact, when we think about it and when we compare ourselves to other people and we figure out actually there are plenty of people that are not like us, that creates the context for us to actually be very intentional to go and find them and to build the kind of relationship where we can actually genuinely love and serve them. Again, I'm really conscious that even in a community like ours, you know, maybe remembering back when we could all meet together in the same room, you know, maybe for you, there is a sense that, you know, building beyond your bubble would require you to potentially, when you walk in the door, to think not where is my group of friends or where are the people I know, but actually where are the ones that I do not know? And maybe it's also recognizing that actually, that actually to, to move towards the stranger is not simply thinking, well, you know, our church will look after new people. Our church will look after people we don't know. We've got a host team for that. We've got, a, we've got an info area and some information. They'll sort all that out. 
No, no, no. If we are going to embrace hospitality individually and corporately as something we're invited and instructed to work out, then we have to move towards the stranger. It's on no one else and it's our responsibility individually and corporately. So we have to ask our question, do we practice hospitality? I love the way that this verse 9 is instructed to us. Let me read it again. It says, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Without grumbling. In other words, offer love and service to the stranger, not begrudgingly or not because you have to. So if the posture and position and practice of our life is not done simply because we have to, but because we want to, then it's something that we have to be really intentional over. It's something we have to foster and nurture. And quite honestly, it's something we have to get better at. We have to get better at moving beyond ourselves. We need to get better at creating the space so we're not just orientated around our safety net of our bubble. We have to get better at moving towards the stranger, the people that we do not know. And I want to challenge you, and in the same moment that I'm challenging you, I'm challenging myself over this because I feel like actually there's a real, there's been a real highlight um, to me in this current season around this whole issue. You know, a few uh, a month or so ago, we were able to step into a conversation. Um, with part of our community, the black, Asian and minority ethnic part of our community and some of the people that I know and love and begin to hear some of their story about how they, in, in, in their perceived differences, felt like a stranger in our own community. And it broke my heart. And I realized, gosh, we've got so far to go, even in terms of a, a community that would say we love everyone, everyone is welcome. But actually, could it be that, that some of the dividing lines that we don't intentionally build, but are there in our community, have to be outworked and built beyond through this journey of hospitality? Is there a way for us to be so intentional to think, gosh, who is it that I do not know? Who is it that does not look like me? And how do I build a bridge? How do I develop a level of intentionality to go seek them out, find them and build the, the value and the life-giving part of relationship which is there for us to find and discover together? I think that um, any area of our church community or life where we can discover or unearth places where there are dividing lines, where there are reasons why people may feel other, we have to find those things, uproot them, discover how in our life and our hospitality we move to eradicate those lines which would divide people and find ways to build bridges and relationships so we can love and serve one another. So those are the three things I want us to own, uh, that we would move beyond ourselves, that we'd move beyond our bubble, and that we would move towards the stranger. And listen, this is where I want to close out this evening. I acknowledge that in this uh, journey of hospitality, if we're to own this invitation and instruction of hospitality, it's going to take bravery and courage. And quite simply, that is really where I want to close out, to acknowledge that there is a part for us to play. There are things that we've got to get involved in. There's things where we've got to get our hands dirty and start to engage in the process of hospitality. But it's going to require of us courage and bravery. And for that, I know a God who would love to deposit that in your heart, to stir those things in your heart, so that this journey of hospitality, this journey of moving beyond ourselves, moving beyond our bubble and moving towards the stranger becomes something that is a natural part of the normal Christian life that we would own. And so that's what I want to pray.
Father, I thank you for our community. I thank you for the richness and the diversity that is present in our community and even in our city. But I thank you that even in diversity, that isn't a goal. It is inclusion. It is that people feel a part, feel connected. And Father, what you've instructed us in this whole area of hospitality is the key to move people from simply feeling like they're part of something that's diverse to feeling like they know that they're a part and included in a family. God, it was always your heart and your design to build on the earth your family. And so, Jesus, we look to you to stir us with faith, with boldness and with courage to go after this thing with our lives, to be intentional, to build into this space. Father, I thank you that this is not just an invitation, but it is an instruction. And so we take your word and your instruction seriously. And we say, Holy Spirit, would you come and fill us with your courage and your boldness to own it, to acknowledge it, and to step out and to begin to build differently into the life of our community and beyond. That actually the the concept of the stranger would be something that we are so aware of and so realize that our role, my life, gets to play a part in you no longer being or feeling like a stranger. And so to that end, God, would you build your church, would you build your family, and would you inspire us with courage and bravery to be your hands and feet as we welcome the stranger, as we love and serve those people that we do not know. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, I want us to go after this thing. I realize that this message could drop into a, into a void in 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 and because we're not connected necessarily to people because that moment of awkwardness at the beginning of worship has not necessarily been there for you but there will come a time when we're back together and there will be new people in the room and there will be a beautiful opportunity for us to put this stuff into practice and so to that end I would love for this to be a seed that gets planted in your life not so that it gets wasted but actually you would nurture it you would invite Holy Spirit to challenge you and change you and bring you into maturity in this whole area of um, hospitality and so to that end I throw that challenge out to you uh, to nurture it foster it and see what God will do in these weeks and the months that lie ahead listen we're going to close out our stream there I just wanted to acknowledge that there is a prayer team that's waiting in a few moments you may want to uh, just pause before you jump on there but you can go online to vinelife.co.uk forward slash prayer if you're on this on Wednesday night live that prayer team will be there listen if there's just stuff going on in your life stuff that you need prayer for if you're sick if you just actually want to hear the encouragement of the father things that he father God has got to say to you that will encourage you build you up and strengthen you there's a group of people that love uh, to stand with you and pray with you this evening so do make sure you take advantage of that while it's there online in a few moments other than that I keep saying it and we are, we are ever one week closer to that time when we will be back together at some point. You will have heard the exciting news about us moving towards purchasing the building. Uh, if you haven't heard about that, go and check out the updates that you'll see online about that. But other than that, God bless you. We love you. I miss you deeply. And I am looking forward to that day when we will be together in a room together. God bless you. And we'll speak very, very soon.